This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto, episode 42. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Jambalaya Tedris. <laughs> you don't like jambalaya? No, I do. I like jambalaya. jambalaya. It's absolutely just, delicious. I like jambalaya a lot. I appreciate it. I just want to know. You call me a shrimp? Hey. Is that what this is? Hey. Is that what this is? All I'm saying is episode 42. Yeah. Adam Jambalaya. Terms. Jambalaya. I've noticed something I'm, that that I want to point out. When we get me. emails from listeners, th- listeners, internet, thank <laughs> you very much. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. We definitely appreciate that. We do. We appreciate you. I like that. Uh, <laughs> when, yeah. we get, when we get emails, when we, when we get uh, correspondence uh-huh. from listeners, it almost always says Octavius and Adam John Bone. <laughs> yeah, or something it's almost like always John Bone. Is it John, always John Bone? John Bone, I'm going to say that I did not run any science on this, but I think John Bone so far is the reign supreme. Okay, that's like, is there going to be a, a t-shirt? <laughs> John Bone. John Bone. John Bone. I don't even know what a John Bone is. <laughs> I don't know. That's exactly what you, I'm saying. Apparently. Apparently that's it's, it's a you. me. It's a me. It's a me. Yeah. How John you doing, Octavius? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh we we uh had a bunch of back and forth getting ready for Shin Godzilla. Yes. But now we've got some finalization mm-hmm. and it feels good. Mm-hmm. We were vacillating in between some different things that could possibly be going on for October 11th. For those of you who know, who listened to the O Positive episode, uh, I don't remember what number episode that was, but... 39, I think. Whatever, whatever, whatever John it was, yeah. for those of you who listened to it. Um, I do not listen to this program. Really? I, d- I do not. I, I do not listen to this program. Do not. Interesting. Well, yeah. I do. Um, for those of you who listen, <laughs> um, episode... The, with 39, apparently Adam saying, oh, positive. We talked about the fact that um, I have kidney disease, that I am n- in need of a kidney transplant, and that Adam, John Bone, Jambalaya, <laughs> Jumpman, <laughs> Jelly Belly, <laughs> tel- Tetris, okay. yeah, is going to be donating that kidney to me. That's right. Um, and then we discovered that you have mutagens. That's right. I have uh, mutagens in my blood, uh-huh. which could have possibly caused some sort of... Um, possibly could possibly cause some sort of uh, rejection. It was something like they, they found mutagens in Octavius's blood. And they said, if we give uh, Adam's kidney to Octavius, he could become too powerful. Right. They said, no one man should have all that power. Exactly. And they just had to think about what they do with that. Right. So as it turns out, they do nothing with that. Yeah. (laughs) So they were thinking about introducing a a Terrigen cloud 
because they weren't mm-hmm. sure if I was a mutant or I was inhuman. So I yeah. figure through the Terrigen cloud, either I would blossom into something amazing mm-hmm. or I would flat out die. So, oh, wow. You know, let's see. <laughs> wow. No, but really, I had antibodies in my blood. Yes. And those antibodies could possibly cause some sort of concerns. So they had to run some tests. There's a possibility that we were going to have a kidney swap, which means there would be two other people who'd be brought in on the transplant, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of these possibilities and maybes and could be's and all that kind of stuff. But it ultimately turned out that that's not going to happen. Yeah. We possibly could have had to push the surgery back. All stuff that's been going on that we haven't been talking about on the podcast, we've been just been dealing with in regular life. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Um, but all of that being said, today, around 4.30, we got the word that October 11th is still the date. We're still moving forward with the surgery. And it feels good to have that solidified. Mm -hmm. Like, done. Yeah. No more, no questions. I I feel like I understand what's happening. I'm ready. I'm prepared. At at this point in time, it could be tomorrow. I'd be ready for it. Mm -hmm. So... It's a few days from now. We're going to go to Comic-Con in between. Yes. We're going to do a Luke Cage episode before both of us are knocked cold. Yeah. For a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we, we have good things, and I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Shin Godzilla, is yes. what I'm saying. Right. I'm ready for Shin Godzilla. Yeah. So we got a couple things that we're working on. So we were talking, I finished all of Luke Cage. I finished it in three days. Yeah. All 13 episodes. This is the tortoise and the hare. I had a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Adam told me it took me four months to, to do, watch, Stranger, to watch Things. Stranger Things. <laughs> I complained about it on this show, on our show. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm still on episode two. So, I mean, we were like, okay, so how do we do this? So we were thinking about doing episode by episode. We were also thinking about doing, you know, the first three episodes. And then, then we were talking about splitting it in half. Mm-hmm. So I think now we've concluded that we're going to finish the entire season, mm-hmm. and then do one episode on Luke Cage season one. And that is coming. I am halfway through the show now. I love the show. I have a lot of things to say. Both you and I, I think, both appreciate the show and have a lot of things to talk about. Yes. I cannot wait to get into a room on the mics and, and discuss every detail, every aspect of the show so far. But I, I'm, I'm halfway through, and I'm loving it. Yes. I'm really loving it. I'm having a good time with it. I yeah. mean, just... The fact that it's out there Mm -hmm. and I, you know, did the live tweet with Black Girl Nerds and Mm -hmm. Geeks of Color. That was fun. Um, Hearing all the news and and the feedback and what happened with Netflix when everybody was binging Netflix goes down. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so that's some of the stuff we can talk about. Netflix actually shut down for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. like the hashtag Luke Cage and hashtag Sweet Christmas mm-hmm. were both trending. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's huge. I, I kept saying Misty Night so lit. Misty Night so lit. Misty Night is so lit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Simone Missick, I know you're listening to the show. Thank you for the five stars and positive comment. Don't get weirded out by this girl. Guy. You are so lit. <laughs> mm. All right. So Adam, I'm going to save this energy. Yeah, let's stay focused. Okay. All right. Let's try to laser it in. Let's try to bring it in. I'm sorry. Bring it home. Get okay? distracted. Yeah. So, and also soundtracks coming out on Friday. The yeah. score. 
Yeah, so that's something that you guys can look out for, too. I'm ready Apple for that. Music and all that. I am very excited to be listening to that. Adrian Young, Ali Shahid, uh, all of the all of the people. I don't want to spoil anything if you right, haven't been keeping up. For those of you watching, we don't want to really talk about. But there are cameos, what? guest appearances from musicians in a lot of episodes that, that are really exciting to me. Very exciting to me. And rarely do I watch a TV show or a movie and I think, I need that soundtrack. But Luke Cage, for sure, I, I need that soundtrack. One of the first things I was thinking was, when does the soundtrack come out? Yeah. When does this soundtrack come out? Yeah. So very excited about that. Very excited about Comic-Con as well, mm -hmm. which is coming out in the, coming up in a few days. What are your thoughts about Comic-Con? I'm excited for Comic-Con. I've never been to Comic-Con. Mm. I've never been to a comics convention other than a, a local one here in Philly. Get ready to walk. Yeah. Get ready to stand. <laughs> get ready to scooch. Get ready to, to trot. Mm -hmm. Get ready to squeeze. Mm -hmm. Get ready to, you know, nudge. Just yeah. get get ready to get uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty oh, much. Oh, wow. yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I mean, my understanding like, is we're going to be up close and personal with a lot of fans. Lots. A, a lot, lot of lot. folks. But it's just geek, geek central. You're yeah. going to have a great time, man. Yeah. There's so much stuff. You're not... There, there, it, it's overload. Yeah, of The course. fact that you're only going to go for one day... A, I'm happy you're going. B, I'm sad you only get to go. I'm going to try to do everything that I can in in the day that I'm there. I, I told you today, mm -hmm. my mission is to get as much man thing stuff as possible, which mm. probably means see if I can find that one man thing right. piece of, of... Well, of, I'm sure that you can get plenty of people to do man thing stuff for you. Like, maybe. What I would suggest doing, yeah. even if you wanted to just go out there and get cards and contact information from illustrators that you like. Yeah. Because I, I mean, you could walk up and down the aisles and just kind of see, hey, man, you got time to do a commission, da da da, -da mm -hmm, a couple mm -hmm, bucks. Mm -hmm. They might be like, yes or no. Mm -hmm. But you might see something that's amazing and you want more than like a head, you know, like a, like a, just like a head kind of bust thing. Yeah, sure, sure. Just take their information. Yeah. Because you can spend all day in Artist Alley and you'll do nothing but that. I'll be outside of the venue Asking people who aren't even illustrators, like, can you, would you, could you draw a man thing for me? Like, man, I'm not even an illustrator, but okay. Yeah. If you give me 10 bucks, yeah, no problem. I got an original man thing from a man, Daryl, outside the convention. Nice. He didn't even get a ticket to Comic-Con, but he's out there. Who's Daryl? Yeah. He's just, you know. He's a guy. Yeah. He happened to guy. have a Snickers bar. He yeah. had a lighter. He melted it. Yeah. I like, I like this and vibe. Then, you know, he made a man thing out of, you know, <laughs> melted chocolate. It was weird, but it's yeah. mine now. Yeah. 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 You know? he, he gave me a man thing made out of cigarette butts. <laughs> so thank you, Daryl. You know, thank you for the five stars and the cigarette butt man thing. Appreciate that. Uh, we should also represent Bear Fruit. Of yes. course. Yeah, this podcast is brought to you by Barefoot, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. So the slogan is Believe, Create, Inspire. Take mm -hmm. what you believe, create something, inspire your circle of influence. You can learn more about Barefoot by going to barefoot.com, signing up for the newsletter, checking out the merchandise from our store. Also, another way that you can support the show mm -hmm. is you can check out the specific Comic Book Junto merch at T Public forward slash user forward slash Comic Book Junto. Yeah. So we've got the uh, Comic Book Junto crest up there. We've also got the, you know, Comic Book Junto number one, like our. The original artwork. The original uh comic book cover artwork we made you can put it on a mug you can put it on an iphone case you can put it on a t-shirt baseball tee hoodie all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I got my stuff on the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited. And shout out to everybody who's ordered some stuff. Really do appreciate that. Thank you, one, for your positive feedback, two, for actually purchasing merchandise, and three, just for your support because the money that you do uh, spend on that helps us support the show. Yeah. And, you know, I've got more ideas for things coming. But like yeah. I said, I wanted to make sure that I put just as much energy into the comic book Junto merchandise as I do everything else. So it's good. It feels good to see you guys responding well to it. Yeah. So shout out to everybody who bought something and shout out to those of you in the future who are going to hear this and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I should grab some stuff. I can't wait until people start receiving their stuff. Yes. And then we start seeing photos of that stuff out in the wild. Very excited about that. I think that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, before we get into news, I wanted to ask you. Have you been listening to the new Solange album? Most certainly. Yeah? What do you think? I am having a great time. Yeah. Good, yeah. Just a, a good R&B album. Like, you can just put that thing on, relax, have a good time, nod your head. The visuals are beautiful. Mm -hmm. The music is beautiful. The production is beautiful. Her voice is great. Mm -hmm. The content is fantastic. You know? And it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like it wasn't like the we first I heard of it was uh, what the I guess a week ago when she said, "Hey, I'm going to release my album on Friday," and I was like, "Huh? Yeah, I didn't. Ha I had no idea. I didn't know anything was even on its way." Yeah, but it's from I've I've liked Solange since her single "Losing You," uh, which I loved from a few years ago, but I never really listened to much else. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to have this. I'm like, it's got to be hard to be Beyonce's sister. It's got to be hard to be. In Beyonce's family, I mean, or radius. Like honestly, like Jay Z is even kind of. Oh yeah, there's a shadow cast on Jay Z from Beyonce, uh, no doubt. Yeah. You know, look at Lemonade. The whole conversation about that. <laughs> you know, you put an album out, and the first thing people go, "Oh, is this about you?" You know, even yeah. if it is or it isn't, how they handled it. You know, not really discussing it, just putting the content out and letting the art speak for itself. But yeah. Like being able to shine on your own and everybody be able to go. Because see, the thing about Solange is she's not Beyonce's little sister. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, oh, that other girl from Destiny's Child. Right. It's Solange. Although Kelly Rowland is on the album. Kelly Rowland. She's, you know who's she's on, the on the album who's killing it? Tweet. Yeah. You know about Tweet? No, I've only found out about Tweet from the album. Are from, you serious? From Solange, yeah. Are you joking or are you serious? No, that's not a joke. Why, why would I incriminate myself by not being in on something? You should definitely dig into Tweet. Tell me more. She's just, her music is fantastic. Yeah. When you start listening to some songs, you'll probably be like, oh, this song. Then I probably notice it. Oh, okay. I didn't know what her work was. But, yeah. you know, I mean, like, it's very interesting, the interludes from Master P. Yeah. Like his perspective, perspective on what's going on, where he's talking about, like, where he was offered a million dollars and he said he was arguing with his brother. He's like, well, look, if he if he gonna offer me a million, I gotta be worth, worth what is he like 40, 40 50, at yeah. least 10 million. White man offered me a million dollars. But he said, I can't use my name and this and that. And I was like, you know what? I'm into this. And even um his her mother, Solange's mother, talking yeah. about being black and how being for being black doesn't mean you're anti something else. Yeah. How being black is just something that you just enjoy being black and it's a part of you and you like it. Yeah. It doesn't you shouldn't have to be ashamed or shy away from that. No. Beautiful album. Yeah, Kalila on there is really dope. Uh the song with Lil Wayne mm -hmm. is really dope. Q-Tip is on there. I, I, I can put Solange's album on and just have it playing in the background just, for a long time. Play. 
and just let that sit for a long time. I like that. Um, and also, uh, this is this is probably just on me, but I've been listening to a lot of the new Bonnie Vare album. Haven't gotten there. I got to represent how I'm a sad white guy. Okay, talk so to I us So I got to bring that to the table. Because I don't know nothing about that. I've been listening to Bonnie Vare for a long time. Uh, uh, are you even saying this man's name correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some people... Wait, hold on. Bunny Bear? Are, are you saying his name correctly? Yeah, Bon Hiver. Are you sure good, you're saying, good winter? Are you sure you're saying man's name is Justin Vernon and his his presented artist name uh-huh. is Bon Hiver. I took French when I was in uh, middle school, high school. Okay, yeah, I'm just checking because yeah, I yeah. never heard anybody say his name like that. How, how do you hear Bon, bon Iver? Bon Iver. No, that is uh uh-uh. okay. All right, Bon Bon Iver. That is an American like really messing up. French. Gotcha. And in fairness, the name Bonnie Vare, that is not, uh, it's not spelled uh, appropriately according to the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, there is grace for Justin Vernon because he is great. <laughs> and Kanye West says Justin Vernon is the greatest living artist of all time. Did Kanye West. That, did he just say that about uh, Kid Cudi though? <laughs> there are a couple of them. We live. <laughs> Wait, there's a couple of the greatest living artists. The great, yeah, several. Okay, <laughs> several greatest. Wait, wait living. till you listen. Wait till he gets a load of comic book junto. The uh, greatest yeah. living podcasters wow. ever. Wow, these are the. Quote, these are truly. Kanye West says these are truly the greatest living power man and iron fist of podcasting and kidney transplants I have ever seen. Right. Thank you, Kanye. Appreciate Thank you for you. the five stars and the positive comment. Also, Kanye running out cool. in the middle, of, the middle of his show to take care of the fam. Hey, I would I have mean, done this. I, look, I would have done the very same thing. I think that that's appropriate. Someone tells me that my wife was just robbed, bound, gunpoint? gagged, gunpoint. I'm out. Yeah, no, I forget am about out it. of here. Forget about it. Y'all be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect. Like we don't. Of course, you want to follow through in your responsibilities. But what family member is going to be like? Well, let me finish Heartless. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> let me get through these last couple songs, and then I'll go make sure my wife is alive. Yeah. No, nah, I'm sorry. I mean, we we're gonna refund you your money. I can, you know, we. I like, get over it. We, we'll all get over it. But yeah. if my wife passes away, I won't get over that. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just saying Kanye West and I, he and I have discussed this. We both endorse John uh, Justin Vernon, mm-hmm. Bon Iver. That's how you say it. Money earning. Great album. Justin Vernon. Yeah. Money earning, Justin Vernon. <laughs> Thank you for five stars <laughs> and your positive comment. I love your new album. It's really good. Shout out to you. Yeah, thanks for I, releasing it during this season because this is like the season for his music. Um, just, this the is when I'm be- g- giving when I become I, I become introverted. The sun goes down earlier. I'm like I just need some alone time. I don't to know read if that's comic the, books nah, see, and listen to sad. This songs. doesn't sound good. I'm telling you right now. I'm I'm representing that I am a sad white guy. Okay, because okay? you know I'm what? Bringing let me, let me that to off. our table. Let me back off because yeah. I don't know nothing about this. I know this you is my, share, <laughs> share my, this with the world because this is from where you coming from. This say hey. It's your boy, A Tet, aka Sad White Guy, <laughs> aka uh, Money Earning Justin Vernon. <laughs> and oh, also, man. aka, sometimes I'm Gucci Main thing and sometimes I'm Money Earning Justin Vernon. Uh-huh. So, what are you going to do? What were you, what were you lo, 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 Moon, Moon 20, what is it? 21 Moon Night. One of the tracks on, I keep changing my name on Twitter. One of uh-huh. the tracks on the new Bonnie Vare album is called 21 Moon Water. And I thought, oh, I'm, I, I come up with a new portmanteau. I bring Moon Knight into it from okay. the Marvel Universe. Okay. So I'm 21 Moon Knight. I thought we, it was like I 20, went from iOS 10 bands to 21 Moon Knight. I thought it was a play on 21 Savage. 
No, oh, hey, well, I mean, I would have come up with a better AKA one. AKA 21 Moon Knight. Yeah. AKA Cryclops. It's one of the X Men, leader of the X Men. Whoa. It's your boy. Whoa. That white man. Cryclops. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That one came out of nowhere. I just, it, it came to me in a dream just now. Man. So, like, when Cyclops cries, does he, does he like, I don't even want to know what happens when Cyclops cries. Nobody wants to know. Okay. Nobody wants to know. Let's get to this news. Yeah. Iron Fist. Iron Fist is coming on March 17th, 2017, and we have a teaser. It is inappropriate, media journalists, to call this a, a trailer. That not, is not a trailer. Augusta smoke coming up from an yes. urn is not a trailer. <laughs> that is not a trailer. Blackout congregation. You're good on this one as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. Mm-hmm. This is this an, an, it's an animated at. GIF. It's, Literally, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, but it, what we know is the show is going to be releasing on Netflix mm-hmm. on St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. 2017. Do you think it has to do something with? Is there some sort of like Irish connection to Danny Rand that I don't know of? No, I, not I'm, that I know. I'm, I'm spitballing here. I have no foundation on that. I don't, I don't think. I don't think that they chose. 317 for a particular reason other than the show is ready mm-hmm. and I suppose uh, no other Netflix Marvel TV shows are going to be coming out in the spring maybe I don't know when uh, Punisher comes I would imagine we're going to see something at Comic Con I would also I would is, is there, are, are they done filming Iron Fist no I don't I don't think they're done I, I don't believe they're done but we did get to see an image um yeah, along with the announcement that the the date is ready, 317. Yeah. We saw an image of Danny Rand punching on people. Yeah. I don't think it's finished though. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past us to see something at Comic-Con this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see a lot of somethings Agreed. at Comic-Con this weekend. Agreed. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's gonna be a lot of visuals that's yeah. coming to us. On the subject, actually, you know, while we're talking about Marvel Netflix, I do know that the Punisher, John Bernthal. TV show is filming right now. Mm-hmm. They've begun filming. There's some set photos. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't see any set photos. I saw a photo of John Bernthal. He's sporting a big old beard. Ooh. So that's happening. And uh, we have a, a working title for the series. Tell us. Are you ready for it? Uh, I'm sitting down. It's intense. Internet, get ready. I want you to say, take a seat. It's called Punisher Crime. Working title means we're not done, right? No, they're not done. Okay. All right. If Just that is sure. done. If that Punisher. is done, cry. Hey, what's it? Use one word to define what what we're going to experience in this show. Crime. Is that it? Is that, that all? That's it. That's it. I've got crime. <laughs> okay, because then we could have also had Daredevil crime, Jessica Jones crime, crime and Luke Cage crime, crime. in Harlem. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. like. I mean, look. What? Let what? Them it. Let them do it. Let them do it. I mean, Marvel has earned. My support yeah. until other notice, you know, like they've done a fantastic job. They delivered time and time and time again. Yeah. I'm in. Now, what I want to know, what I don't know, which I don't know is where does this fall in the story arc? Because I know 2017, we've got Iron Fist. 2017, we also have the Defenders. That's right. But where does does Punisher, Daredevil Season 3... When does the Infinity War I don't know. stuff come out? I, there's been conversation. I know most recently Mike Coulter, star of Luke Cage, mm-hmm. has said, he's been asked. Has said. 
what? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, you you did that spot on impersonation of him right before we were recording. Yeah. Uh, about the way that he he delivers his lines. Heavy. Yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. Definitely. Like his fists. He yes. delivers his lines yes. heavy. But uh, he had been asked, "Do you think Luke Cage is going to show up any of the movies in in the Infinity Wars? What do you think?" And Luke, uh, Mike Coulter says, "No, I don't think that stuff is going to mix. The, the Marvel TV shows and the Netflix stuff and the movies they don't seem to mix really. Mm. Well, they, they they acknowledge one another. They spill out. Yeah, they, but they don't actually directly appear in." Each other's programs, mm -hmm. pictures, programs. Why did I say that? I sound like my nana when I said that. Pictures. They, I, I didn't see any of them. I'm going to see the moving pictures. <laughs> yeah, anybody see that? Oh, what they got out there now? You caught you caught that new talkie. That talkie? new talkie. What's yeah. a talkie? Yeah, that's when movies started getting of uh, audio. Originally, they were silent films. True. And then when they had audio, those were talkies. Huh? Yeah. This message. At least I think. Twenty one moonlight. I cannot wait. 21 Moon Knight Jump Street. Whoa. Uh, too many. I, I cannot wait until somebody on the internet says, takes me to task because uh -huh. I don't know what a talkie is. So this is just me saying, I acknowledge. We're just going to go with it. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and gamble on that. Throw it out there. And, and, and offer it up. But I, uh, I don't know when the new Punisher is supposed to take place mm -hmm. or what it's supposed to cover. But I'm excited to see more of John Bernthal's Punisher. Do we know Punisher. who's directing it yet? I don't think so. Okay. I'll look it up. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, next piece of news here. Mm -hmm. Let me know what's going on with this TV show. Uh, okay. So in the same way, it, my reaction to the working title for Punisher, uh -huh. Crime. Crime. I think that's whack. Now, this is another TV show that I think is whack. Okay. Right? Let the Right One In was a movie. Mm -hmm. I've heard of this, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. It was a movie based on a book, and the original movie was a Swedish movie. came out in 2008. Mm -hmm. That movie was spectacular. Very good. One of my favorite vampire movies I have seen oh, in vampire, a very okay. long time. Okay. Yeah, it's about a little kid who gets bullied, becomes friend with a little girl who is a vampire, and it's, it is their story. Mm -hmm. Now, that movie in 2008 was remade in American studios for American audiences in 2010, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And the 2010 remake was not, I did not dig that. And there was no reason for that to happen because the original was so good. It is exactly like, you know, we've talked about Old Boy. Yes. The original Old Boy. That movie was something you remember. Leave Old Boy alone. Leave Old Boy alone. No need to do Old Boy over again, Spike Lee. No. We thank, thank you for Do the Right Thing. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for Mookie and all of the stories that we learned from him. We learned about doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Rita Rahim. Leave old boy alone. That's right. So in the same way, it's like, why did we have to reboot this? Why did we have to localize this? They're rebooting. The original was so good. Yeah. Well, not only did it get, uh, let the right one in, get rebooted for American audiences mm -hmm. only two years after the original came out, but now a TV show is coming out, an American TV show based on the original. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm, the, the one in 2008 is still excellent. It is still an excellent film. If you have not seen Let the Right One In, make it a priority. It is a very good movie, especially around this season. You know, Halloween's coming up, vampire flicks. Mm -hmm. This one was inventive and different and so cool. And we don't need a TV show, y'all. We don't need that. I don't want that. And it, it makes me feel bummed out when you see 
like someone saying, how can I just dig up this thing that isn't very old mm-hmm. and try to print more money out of it? Well, no. Uh, I guess that's what the whole point is for, for a lot of people in their mind is to like, see, how can we squeeze as much as we can out of this property? Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. that's kind of part of, part I could of, be wrong. If I was wrong. I was nervous about the Fargo TV show. Fargo. Excellent. I was Both nervous seasons. about the TV show because the movie was so good. And mm-hmm. I kept thinking, why y'all got to do this? Yeah. But both seasons so far of Fargo were phenomenal television. Yes. So I maintain that I can be incorrect about this, but uh, I don't know anything about this show. See that movie, man. You, I really think you're going to like that. Okay. That was very good. All right. Now, speaking of movies, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> now, we all saw, well, hopefully you saw the Christian, uh, Christopher Nolan slash Chris, Christian Bale Dark Batman mm-hmm. trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there was a suit that he wore when he played Batman in The Dark Knight. Now, yeah. The Dark Knight was the one where the Joker was in it, correct? That's right, yeah. So you might as well have called that movie The Joker because yeah. that was my favorite one out of all of them, my personal opinion. And he was easily the focus of the movie, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, anyway, sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. So... The suit from that movie, the actual suit has been sold. Like independently, you're saying privately. It's privately. Okay, so let me read. The, let me read. Oh, this why here. is everything from a Batman movie always gets sold in an auction? What are you gonna do with it? Well, I don't know. Give it to Planet Hollywood or who, what? Who, do who you? Last time you went to Ho- Planet Hollywood. <laughs> Do you know anybody who's like, yo, you know what I'm about to do? I'm going to go to Planet Hollywood. <laughs> nobody. You know what? Okay. I guess nobody. I guess you're right. I guess like you're right. Like the, the Wax Museum? What's yeah. the thing? Ripley's, believe it or not? Yeah, like, Ripley's or Madame Tussauds. Yeah. 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 All right. So um, so we got the bat suit, original bat suit worn by Christian Bale in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises was sold for what they're calling a small fortune. Um, so a private collector play, paid 250000 Oh, my God. First of all, <laughs> is that a small fortune? I mean, I mean that is not Who, small. Whose fortune is $250,000? That, that is not a fortune. That's somebody's debt. Listening yeah. to this podcast, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, right? Yeah, that's not. If you uh, owe a small fortune in debt, that's really discouraging. But that's that's a nice chunk of change. Someone's. I wonder if it's the same person who has purchased the Batmobile that we talked about very yeah. early in Comic Book Junto, the Bat Pod that we talked about not that long ago, the motorcycle, mm-hmm. and now the Bat Suit. Someone somewhere has all three of those items in their garage. In their man cave, or maybe it's a woman who purchased them. I don't know. And it's saying, and I'm the woman cave, bat cave. Why don't we just call what it is? The bat cave. Somebody's got a bat cave. Somebody's got a bat cave, and they have all those props, mm-hmm. and they're just waiting for that moment. Made that Sunday drive where they can just roll around. Right. Or when they see the bat signal, like, oh my gosh, is that Wait, where that music come from? What's going on right now? Yeah. Am I being summoned? Yeah. Might as well put the suit on and ride out. This is it. I've been waiting for this. Then they're just sitting in the garage, like, do I take the bat pod? Indecision is going to kill you. It's going to kill somebody. Well, which one am I going to. How does Batman make these decisions? What's the weather like? And he like gets his phone. He's like, he doesn't have service. Ah, no service in the cave. Why does it call Lucius? Call hey, Lucius. What's the weather like outside? Call Lucius Fox. Right. Get that sword in. That's the is. most difficult thing that Batman has to decide. Do I take the which, which do I take the car? Right. Should I take the pod? Well, the bat blimp. Every time I'm do I take the blimp? Should I take the boat? 
What do I put my utility belt? Should I put shark repellent in there? I don't That's think I'm going to a make it. Man. He, there is no way. This is why I think. How does Bruce, he make these decisions? Bruce Wayne is my hero because he does not deal with indecision or anxiety. Clearly, he's able to just move through this. I'm make fine. Decisions. That's his answer. Yeah. Hey, uh, which one? Which one you think we should take? I'm fine. That's, that, <laughs> yeah, Bruce, okay, Bruce. I didn't ask you if you were fine. I asked you. I've got it. Uh, no, no, you don't. Okay, no, you know what? You got it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead. I just that's what I just said. I said I got it. No, yeah. I know, yeah, fine. You're good. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. I want to meet this person. If you're listening to the show and you own those items, if you just paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the Christopher Nolan suit, love to meet you. Want to talk to you. Thank you for the five stars. We'll see you at Comic Con. And the Batarang. Um Ooh. speaking of Batman, yeah. let's talk about Batman himself. Mm. Ben charismatic Affleck. <laughs> Let's talk about him. He's in the news right now. Charismatic. Matflick. He's in the news right now for two reasons. One, we have a title for the, the, for the next... Well, the accountant, yes. Right. The accountant, yes. Uh, we have a title for the Batman movie. A, apparently, working title. I don't know if it's confirmed, mm -hmm. but I hear that his solo Batman movie is going to be called The Batman. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Two... He was doing an interview for Bustle.com, for yeah. the website Bustle.com, and someone asked him, what did you think of all the reception of Batman v Superman? What's your take on the way that people received that? And he said? He says, it's interesting. It was a huge hit movie. <laughs> Wait, that's it. He says, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> dot, 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 and stares into the camera. <laughs> yeah, right. Is he, did he just phase out? He may. Hey, Ben, you there? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, no, he goes on to say, he says, it's interesting. It was a huge hit movie. More people went to see it than any movie I've ever made in my career. It was the biggest hit of my... I'm trying to go as... I see. Go ahead. Stay with it. Go ahead. Keep it was with the it. biggest hit of my career, and then it had so much editorial negativity. Fans went, I got a lot of positive response. It was interesting. <laughs> That's what he says. And he has this long quote in which he's saying, it was a huge hit. And people saw it. Fans loved it. Critics hated it. And then the, the interviewer says, mm -hmm. well, hold up. W what did you think of the movie? Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, yeah, I loved it. So that's his review of Batman v Superman. I loved it Ben too. Charismatic Affleck. I had a great time with it. I, look, that's cool. That's fine. That's great. You I say, and Ben. I say we watch it again. I still have not seen the extended edition. I think you might like it better with the extended you know, Ben Affleck does point out, though, that a lot of fans wanted a lighter tone for the Justice League thing, but he says they were trying to go for a tone more like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, yeah, he's right. They went for that, that dour, like heavy, somber, dark DC approach. Yes. And it seems like Justice League is going to have a little bit of a different spin. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what we're going to get out of his movie, The Batman. I'm no, we're gonna get uh, Deathstroke out of it. Yeah, we do know that. We know that he's gonna be the villain. We do. We know don't know if he's gonna be the only villain, but we do know there's gonna be a villain with uh, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello, I think. Joe Manganiello. Yeah. Good job. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Great work. Uh, but that's not the only uh, upcoming comic book movie we're talking about. Right before we came into the studio to record today, we got a sneak peek of a poster for the next Wolverine movie. And we know from that poster, because Hugh Jackman put it out there um, through his Twitters, mm -hmm. we see 
Wolverine's hand. Mm-hmm. We see the claws extended. And we see a tiny little hand being held. Yeah. And we see Logan. Yeah. So the so, name of the movie is Logan. It's going to be called Logan. What do you think? I think we're going to see visuals at Comic-Con. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. I mean, if you just put it out today slash yesterday and Comic-Con starts tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, like, because that came out today, right? Yeah. yeah. Today. So Comic-Con comes out, starts tomorrow. I mean, guarantee there's going to be some stuff to look at. Two questions. Mm-hmm. One, do you think this is going to be Old Man Logan? I think that's going to be X-23. You think the little kid? Yeah. All right. So that was the second question, which is the child holding Logan's hand. Who is that kid? I think that's X-23. You think it's, uh, uh, what is her name? Laura? I'm not sure. X-23? Because I was also thinking, what if that is Dakin, Wolverine's oh. son? Oh. Well, I do remember back when in older episodes of Comic, Comic Book Junto, we were talking about how they were casting a specific younger girl. Yeah who needed this and that, martial arts training, and so and so and so. So that made me think, oh, well, maybe they're talking about the X-23 character, but it could be Dakin as well. Yeah. So either way, with Hugh Jackman saying that this is his last time he's going to be playing Wolverine, I can see them preparing by kind of grooming and introducing another Wolverine type character. Yeah, the person who will carry the franchise. The same way they've done it in the comics because there's this whole situation that's going on with Disney, Marvel, Fox, with the movie, Mutants, Inhumans, yada, yada, yada. So just to really give you a quick update, they have this whole Death of X thing going on in Marvel that started actually started this week, right? Um, So in one way or another, it seems like the mutants slash X-Men are dying in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. So there's a conversation about the intentionality of whether or not Marvel slash Disney is trying to avoid making any new mutants. Yep. Because if they make new mutants, then that means Fox can now use all of these guys in their movies. Yeah. But if they make Inhumans... That's a different IP. Now, that's theirs. Now, if they can take mutants, kill them off, slash turn them into inhumans. Yeah. Now the terminology of mutant is gone out of the Marvel universe. And that's, what's interesting about the idea uh, Wolverine in general, right? We, we don't really call him Wolverine anymore call in the current comics. Logan. He's old man Logan. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing their damnedest to, to change the language and just phase away from the mutant stuff. Yeah. So he's doing something else. Now, what I thought was really interesting about this Logan news mm-hmm. is there was also a photo of a, supposedly one of the first pages of the script. Did you happen to catch that? Oh, I don't want to see nothing about the script. No, it's not. There are lines of the movie, but there's nothing that gives away a story. Okay. But it, it is very intentionally being put out there as a means of saying, this is not going to be X-Men Apocalypse. Because if you are used to those huge CG, crazy, whole world blows up, citywide kind of things, mm-hmm. this is not that movie. Tell me about this. All right. So this this contains, for, for all of the people who listen to Comic Book Junto, and appreciate us for not using foul language. I'm giving you your heads up right now. Mm-hmm. Parental advisory. Earmuffs. I'm going to use foul language in this next blurb. So the first paragraph on the script says this. First of all, Logan's first line on the script. Ah, do I want to hear first this? First line. Do I want to hear this? You do. Here's okay. the first line. Hey, it says, listen, it says, listen. Hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on, okay. Hold on. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Three, <laughs> no, listen. two, 
One, it's your fault. You're gonna love that you said spoilers for this because here's the first line. I'm just trying. Like I understand. I appreciate your diligence. Fight or flight, right now. I appreciate everything in me is like run away. I appreciate cover your, your ears. I appreciate Octavius. what you're doing for the blackout congregation. Definitely it's thought noble. you were to say appreciate what you're doing for the black people. For community. the black. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, uh, look, I do appreciate what you're doing for the black community as well as the blackout congregation. But right. the, the first line says Logan, and his line is this: "Fuck." That's it. I like it. So it's a proof positive of rated R because mm-hmm. the big news prior to this was that Wolverine three or what is this? The, is this the last Wolverine? Whatever. The last Wolverine movie. This one is rated R. Right. So they're saying, well, here it is. We're, we're just going there. And then the thing it says after that is some context from the script writer, the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And it says, Now might be a good time to talk about the quote-unquote fights described in the next 100 or so pages. Basically, if you're on the make... If you're on the make for a hyper-choreographed, gravity-defying, city-block-destroying, CG fuckathon, this ain't your movie. Hmm. It goes on to say, in this flick... People will get hurt or killed when shit falls on them. They will get just as hurt or just as killed if they get hit with something big and heavy, like, say, a car. Should anyone in our story have the misfortune to fall off a roof or out a window, they won't bounce. They will die. As for our hero, well... He's older now, and it's clear his abilities aren't what they once were. He's fading on the inside, and his diminished healing factor keeps him in a constant state of chronic pain. That sounds like old man Logan. And in the poster, that sounds like a good movie. It does. And in the poster, we see that the little kid is holding Logan's hand. Yeah. And the the uh, claws are popped. Yeah. But. Logan's hand is all scratched up and beat up. He's I didn't got, peep that. He has active wounds on his arm. Didn't notice that. So that's notable about the state that our hero is in. His healing factor is not what it used to be. That sounds like old man Logan. So it does sound like old I man have to Logan. find that notable. I like it. The screen, the, the, the script goes on, but I'll, I'll, I'll cut it off there because I thought that that part was significant. And that's it. It's proven a couple of things. It's saying, look, we said rated R. We're doing rated R. Mm. And I, we hear what you say about Batman v Superman. We hear what you say about X-Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. We hear that. We're going to tone it down. We're going to make it something else. I'm about it. Okay. I'm about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out more at Comic-Con. Yes. I'm assuming that we will. All right. So we got some Black Panther news. Um, so Black Panther, we know that um, Chadwick Boseman's playing T'Challa, Black Panther. We know that um, Ryan Coogler is directing, and mm-hmm. we are excited about that. Yes. So one of the new pieces of news that we have about this is that we have one of the villains. The villain, M'Baku, who is better known as Man-Ape, is going to be being played by Winston Duke. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? Winston Duke. Um can't say that I know who that is. Uh, uh, he, I, I know the TV uh, person of interest is a TV show that he's on. Have you seen this? The only reason I know that is because I've seen commercials for it. I've never actually seen person of interest. No. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not intimately familiar with Winston Duke. Well, we do, we are, we are familiar with Man Ape from the actual Black Panther comic that's currently going on right now. Yeah, we see the Dora Milaje along with the Midnight Angels take him down. Went in and you know had a altercation with Man-Ape mm-hmm. and they took him out. 
You just used the like uh, uh, broadcast news euphemism for what happened to Manape. There was an altercation. An altercation between the Midnight Angels and the Dora Milaje <laughs> and Manape happened in Wakanda this evening. We're going to go to Ben Affleck to tell us more information. <laughs> It was um it was interesting. Interesting. <laughs> man, what are you doing here in Wakanda, man? I, I got I got broads in my <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've got from That's Ben Affleck. Good. We'll keep you informed. Yeah, but that's Wakanda, all we got. Wakanda news now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, I like man. that. Uh, I'm excited to hear that we have news. I mean, like I, that's a little far. That's a little ways out. So it we, is you know, a little ways out. It's there's not too much. Far. There's not much else. Like the that's a movie that I kind of like try to forget is happening, mm-hmm. so that I don't keep wanting it. Yeah. You know, because if you just think of like, oh, how much closer are we? Ah, oh, how much closer are we? Mm-hmm. Oh, and that you know what I mean? Because it's like, dang, 2018, I think, right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 a while away. It is a while away. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, how about a movie that is not a while away? Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that is out, I think, in theaters right this very moment is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Okay. It is a movie based on a book series, which was actually published here in Philadelphia. Really? In fact, right across the street from where we are now, uh, the publisher is Quirk Publishing, mm-hmm. and they're, they're friends of mine, and they have a little office nearby Indy Hall. Okay. Great folks. And the book series is being turned into a movie, probably a movie series. Tim Burton is the director of the film. Yeah. And I think the movie's out now. Um, a little bit of a kerfuffle. A little bit of a kerfuffle. So there is an interview with Tim Burton about the film and the topic of diversity comes up in the interview. And the interviewer asks him, hey, on that subject, can we talk about lack of diversity, in fact? Because there are not a lot of people of color in Tim Burton's films. Mm -hmm. There are not many. And in an interview with Sam Jackson, it's it's noted that Sam Jackson is one of the onlys that we can think of, and he's playing the villain Mm -hmm. in this movie. Mm -hmm. So it comes up, uh, talking about diversity, that Burton has a, a, a certain perspective on the subject. And Tim Burton says, people are talking about it more, meaning it, meaning diversity. He says... Things either call for things or they don't. And he goes on to explain, I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Bunch and they started to get all politically correct. Like, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black. I used to get more offended by that. I grew up watching black exploitation movies, right? And I said, that's great. I didn't go like, okay, there should be more white people in these movies. Now, naturally... A lot of people on the internet, myself included, are pretty put off by Tim Burton's thoughts on need or, I guess, purpose of diversity in movies. And it seems like what Tim Burton is staging is, my artistic vision is what it is, and I'm not going to change it based on what I see trending around me. And in his mind, it it almost seems like in his words, he's saying diversity casting is a trend. And people are saying, yeah, we need more of this. And so it's as if to say people are being pressured into doing more of this. Now, he also notes when he watched black exploitation films as a kid, 
He was not watching them and thinking, you know what? There should be white people in this. And that is a particularly messed up analogy. Tell me more. Because black exploitation movies were made specifically as a response to the total lack of black people and people of color in all of the other films and everything else. It was this space for black people and actors and performers in the 70s. And it was this big blown up hyperbole of of a performance like look at us being black inhabiting a world that we've created and there are not a lot of white folks in it by design it it was like satire of the movie industry so for tim burton to say i didn't i watched those movies and i didn't think to myself you know what there should be more white people in this is really ignorant of the point of those films And this whole explanation from Tim Burton really bothers me. I'm like very disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm very disappointed. I know these are his opinions. And I also know that he is an artist. And when you make art, make the art that you want to make. But man, when those words came out of his mouth, I was, I'm bummed. So, you know, first thing I think is like, okay, what exactly did he say? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's important to me not to feel it but to read it and go what do you say yeah you know so what exactly did he say again quote people are talking about it more meaning diversity Uh uh-huh things either call for things or they don't okay so what does that mean i think the my interpretation of those words because it was an excerpt of the interview Mm -hmm. is the artistic vision what i'm trying to create either calls for certain ingredients or they do not. Okay. And I won't add extra ingredients if I don't think that they're necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he says, quote, So how do you feel about that statement? I understand what he's, what what, I think what he's saying is, as an artist, I have a vision and I want to make sure that my vision is created. Well, is he saying as an artist, I have a vision or is he saying the recipe calls for certain things? I think it for me, I hear because that's two different statements. Yeah, but for me, I hear I'm an artist and I'm making something and I want to be true to my vision. Now, I understand why somebody would say that because if I'm if I'm an artist and I'm painting one type of person over and over again, this is the kind of artwork that I make. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody asks me, why don't you introduce other things? Mm -hmm. I might say, that's not what I do. Okay. Yeah. Right. The trouble is, the way that he is, for me, the way that he is describing the necessity of diversity and reflection of the world as it actually exists uh, is, it's it's like it's a bother to him. Now, I think those are two different, I think that's two two different topics. Why do you say so? Because I think it's it's a legitimate point. Like, both points, both points are different. Mm -hmm. So if it says, A... I'm making sweet potato pie. Yeah. That's what I'm making. That's right. You always make sweet potato pie. I like sweet potato pie. That's what I make. That's what I make. Yeah. Well, you, da 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 Why don't you put da 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 Because I'm making sweet potato pie. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to make that. Now, why do you only make sweet potato pie is a completely different conversation. That's right. But it's not necessarily wrong that I only make sweet potato pie. That's right. Because that's what I want to make. Sure. Now, I think for me, my point is always, 
I'm, I'm trying to think through it. I'm thinking out, out loud here, verbally processing. This is like, because I don't know if the point that I would, would want to press is you have to make pumpkin pie. Agreed. And I don't think there should be a pressure or you introduced. Have to, you, have to, you have to put apples in guacamole. Like yeah. guacamole, that's not how you make it. For me, there are two pieces. But here's the thing. Okay. The point is, I am tired of you keep making the same pie. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So it'd be more of a conversation of, my dude, it seems like you only represent, you keep painting the same picture. That's right. And you don't represent the world as it accurately is. Mm -hmm. Now that's a point I think I have legs to stand on. Mm -hmm. And we can have that conversation. Because a lot of times I'm thinking, truly, I'll be honest with you. I think about these conversations with strategy. Yeah. You know, I kind of think, where's my angle? You know, where do I actually have a leg to stand on? Because if I argue the, well, you know, because he, he really has a point and goes, well, look, I, I, I just told you that I'm making this. Yeah. So, but, but now I think the argument is, so Samuel L. Jackson is one of the only black people that you've ever brought into your movie and you only, people, things call for what they call for. So the villain is... The one time you introduce a black guy? Yeah. So it calls for a black guy? Like, or does it call for someone of Samuel L. Jackson's skills and talents and he happens to be black? I don't... See, it, it's hard because there's a lot that we have to infer. Yeah, agreed. You know, and we don't know. Yeah. And it, it sounds weird and it sounds kind of like, eh, I don't like the way that sounds, but I don't know that I have enough information. I think you're right with the, the initial appraisal, which is people are effectively saying, I notice you always make this thing and yeah. we're tired of this thing. Yeah. And I, I think you're dead on as far as that goes. That's an opinion-based thing. The trouble, I think, becomes uh, the second piece that he offered, which was kind of like his way of justifying why he does what he does. Okay. And that was when he introduced the notion of when I, when I, Tim Burton watched black exploitation films in the seventies, I didn't turn around and say, this needs to have white people in it. And I think that started mixing some things up. Now that, now that is starting to kind of like the first message, the first, like, I I think if he were to say, Hey man, I, I picked the people I thought would be best for this. Yeah. And he stopped talking. You'd be like, okay. Yep. But then when you start going, it's the second the Brady piece. Bunch. It was the second when piece. they started we we started doing things to like kind of appease the what did he say? He says, uh, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black. I used to get more offended by that. And he refers to now, that period that in the mean? Brady Bunch. He says, when they started to get all politically correct. Now now there now now I think we've got a, a leg to stand on. <sighs> Because now this starts to go into the conversation of whiteness being the standard. Yeah. You know, I was more disappointed by that. Why are you disappointed by that? Is that to say that introducing Asian people and black people is somehow inauthentic? Mm -hmm. Because I would argue that your stories are more inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Because now you introduced authenticity. We didn't. You introduced that. You see what I'm saying? Yep. 
All we did was ask you a question. You made it about authenticity, so you opened up Pandora's box. I'll also so offer... Now you, so now you, now you got to tussle with a stick. There, there might be some validity to him. Maybe if this was the intention, I'm stretching here. because I'm, 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 One of my favorite movies of all time is a Tim Burton movie. So I, I feel particularly personally disappointed in these statements because I love... Pee-wee's Big Adventure, it is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. That is a Tim Burton movie. And uh, he, the thing that I think, may, maybe there's some validity in him saying, people trying to introduce diversity without genuinely thinking that it's necessary and doing it in a half-assed manner and making it so it's like the black character, the Asian character are props or a ploy to make it so we're good here. Hey, look, look, I brought them in. We satisfied the numbers. Status quo is is resolved, right? If if he's saying that that is something that offends him, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand the idea of of people really not doing it correctly, not doing it thoroughly mm-hmm. and with respect. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what he's saying. It doesn't sound like. I don't it. think that's. what I'm he's not saying. hearing anything else that that would lead me down that road. No, because. With the black and the Asian comment about the Brady Bunch and then the comment about black exploitation, I think you might even be missing the point about black exploitation. Absolutely. Even if we're having a conversation about authenticity, it would not be necessarily authentic no. to introduce. So it's kind of like the same argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, would it be appropriate to introduce white people into this particular story? Yeah. You know, but then again, on the other side, it all depends on the story, too. If it's a suburban white neighborhood in a certain time period, it's not necessarily going to be authentic to have a white person who's somehow, I mean, a black person somehow introduced into the story. So and it, that is so lot, many of his movies. There's a lot movies. of depends. There's a lot of maybes and possibilities and could be's. And that's what's so hard about sound bites. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what's oh, so absolutely. hard about taking snippets because if I was talking to this person in front of me, I'd be able to go, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, tell me more. Well, explain that. Well, when you said this, did you mean this or that? Because I could take it this way or I could take it that way. Yeah. And I want to assume positive intent, but I'm also lying it up to the rest of the stuff you said, and it's leaning me in this particular direction. Yeah. Agreed. You know? And I, I wonder if there is anything in this interview that we didn't get to see, maybe some unpolished thoughts or where there is an opportunity where we dig into that kind of statement. But yeah. that's not something that I have seen. Yeah. So more than anything else, based on what I've seen in this interview, I keep thinking, dang, Tim, why, why did you, yeah. <laughs> you could, could just stop? Just stop. Yeah. And, and it has me thinking because one of my favorite movies of all time is one of his own. I'm like, do I need to think hard on this? Do I need to reassess anything here? How, where am I? Where am I? Because well, I'm connected. I have a personal connection to some of his artwork. Well, here's the thing. When you watch Teen Titans go, yeah, you know, that's not reality. Oh, yeah, sure. Right? Of course. And I think it's important for you to to have a real understanding of what reality is. Mm -hmm. So when you watch a TV show and everybody's white, the conversation that we are having here on Kambu Junto is everybody on planet Earth is not a white, straight, Christian, cisgender male. Yeah, exactly. That's not how it works. Yeah. You know, some people are capable of saying, yes, I understand that that's not 
reality. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that what I'm seeing is a portrayal of something mm-hmm. fantasy. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that same ability. Yeah. Not everybody in the world is you and I, you know, they, yeah. is, is able to look at something and say, yeah, this looks like fantasy, but I appreciate it for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Some people might see something and say, yes, the neighborhood in Edward Scissorhands looks exactly like my neighborhood. Looks exactly like every neighborhood. Everyone's white. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But there is some things to be able to point out and actually be able to get feedback on because yeah. I, I can imagine that in some scenarios there's an intentionality or not even intentional, but it can be something in the undercurrent that might show itself up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Because even some of the statements that you're making in light of the the, the data that we have from him, yeah. it's kind of like, well, mo- things call for what they call for. Everybody in your movies are pretty much white. So what you're saying is, in your mind, everything calls for white people. Yeah. I didn't say that. You just said that. That's right. You, that's what you just said, based off of your logic. This is not my logic. This is your logic. and. One of the few times that you introduce a black character is when they're a villain. So, based off of your logic, not my logic, things call for what they call for. In your mind, this called for a black character. Mm -hmm. Now, why you chose Samuel L. Jackson, I don't know. But it does start to sound and look a little weird. And I guess without more information, you got to just kind of feel how you feel. And then move on from there. Yeah. And also just remember that so far as it has to do with you, you want to make sure that at every given moment you get an opportunity to say, hey, this doesn't represent the whole entire world. Yeah. And that's why we're so excited about something like Luke Cage. And that's why we're so excited yeah. about something like Jessica Jones. You some, get to see the the contrary. You get to see the yeah. opposite. And even opposite. Champions, one of our books of the week. I, I recognize that. Every single one of those characters is a person of color. Did you know? Did you recognize that? Uh, well, Cyclops is going to join the team. Well, he's not there yet. But I'm saying in this book, is Sam Alexander Nova? Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's he's. I think he's a Latino. Oh, that's dope. I'm, I didn't even realize, but it, yes, that is dope. But and, I didn't even peep till I was reading, and I was like, "Wow, wait! Every single one of these people is a person of color, yeah. and it's so normal." You know what I mean? Yeah. And this it's is just what kids. We, and this is what we need to see more of because this representation. I was talking to a buddy of mine. We were talking about Luke Cage, and he was saying I didn't recognize how powerful it was for me to see a person of color who looks like me as a superhero until I saw it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're just like moved because you're like, wow, this is different. You know, I don't get to see this. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it's, it's not like this is an unimportant thing, but I think in my mind, it's kind of like, because I don't have enough information to be able to nail this down, I'm kind of like, all right, Tim Burton. Agree. Cool. Agree. Whatever. The reason that I bring it up and the reason that I have it in, my, in, in our news feed is, if anything, Tim Burton is an influential person. He is an influential artist. He makes things that count as entertainment and art, and that affects people. And what bothers me is that he didn't, respect the notion of diversity he seemed to just swat his hand at it like it's an obligation that i don't need to deal with that i don't like that i don't like you 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 associating diversity with some sort of like it's you know it's this season 
That's a problem. Agreed. And that's the biggest thing that I can say that it, that I didn't like from his statements. It sounded like in his mind, diversity was a trend. Yeah, it was. It's, he was just it's, disregarding. It's a thing right now, and I don't like being forced to go with the trends. And it's like, yo, for real, yo. Like, if this is the way you see it, there's a problem. And you can commit to your craft and make your artwork according to what you think you need to make, and respect. The importance and and value of diversity. Good point. At the same time, and that's and I, okay. Now that we're talking, now that we've gotten there, now I see where the real offense comes in. That's where the real, I'm at. The real offense is not yeah, blah, 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 all the rest of the stuff. The the problem is, it sounds like you're treating diversity as some sort of fad, which you can choose or not choose to be a part of, mm-hmm. as though it's not reality. Exactly. You know, when we're fighting for reality to be represented, you're looking at it as like, hey, man, look, it's my art. Don't force me to represent the world as it is. So if you say I'm making this the way I want to make it because that's the way I want to make it, that's one thing. That's if fine. You stop talking, you'd be good. But when you go into and this trend of diversity, which you didn't use those words, but that's basically what you said. <sighs> that's when it's like, oh, this dude. Yeah. You're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, you could see it, like, I wasn't present for this interview. I didn't watch his face, but you could just see him saying, oh, I got to defend myself. What's my line? What's the thing that I'm going to use to defend myself and my choices? And man, I wish you would not have. I wish you would not have. So, Tim Burton, there's grace for you. Yeah. I think you were talented. I think you should give diversity and the value of representing people of color and a diverse cast I think you should give that concept a second thought. A second thought, the time of day that it deserves. And you know what my what my hope, my prayer is? When you, you gotta get it wrong the right way. I'm gonna yeah. just call it, let me call it how it is. Mm-hmm. I I feel blessed to have gotten things wrong in my life mm-hmm. because there's certain things that you're only going to learn by failure. Mm-hmm. You, you're only gonna learn it by failing. You're not gonna learn certain things by winning. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to lose that fight, lose that argument, lose that job. And sometimes you need to be humbled. You got to get fired. You got to get kicked out. You got to get dumped. You got to get whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you got to get punched yeah. in the face, whatever the case may be. So internet, this is from, you know, my perspective. When you get jammed up in these conversations, you know, and you find yourself and you're in a scenario where you're up, where you're up punching down and someone says, hey, you're punching down. Don't yeah. go, well, you, you got to just shut up. Yeah. Don't just stop. Mm-hmm. Listen to them and go, oh, oh, was I? Mm-hmm. Let me consider that. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean by punching down? Yeah. I mean, like, you and I have had this conversation about not becoming defensive or insulted when someone mentions white privilege. Yeah. That's, it does not have to mean implicitly that is an insult and even as a male i mean that's something that you know you have like i am not walking around in fear getting catcalled right no one's catcalling me i i just am not afraid to walk around after a certain period of time time at night yeah you know that's just these are these are certain privileges as a man that i'm not even privy to yeah you know what i mean that it's not the kind of thing you can say hey look you, you just have to be strong that's all Oh uh, no! Yeah, no! Yeah, like, <laughs> what? Yeah, this that's not how it works. So when somebody jams you up, you gotta learn to get it wrong the right way. Agreed. So be quick to listen, slow to speak. Yeah, slow to anger. If someone jams you up, what I mean by jam you up, they go, "Hey, you, 
I think that there's something that you should, you should consider because you might be out of line right now. Mm-hmm. Quick to listen. Don't say anything. Listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Another little saying, seek first to understand. Yeah. Then to be understood. So that means try to understand where they are coming from first. Mm-hmm. Then try to get them to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. These are important things, in my opinion. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is in theaters now. <laughs> Do so, with that so what much, you will. So much uh, enthusiasm. My name is Ben Affleck. Fleck enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're done with that. Now mm-hmm. let's get to these uh, listener uh, talkback uh, situation, Jones. Yeah. Hey, we have a lot of emails coming in. Yes. There are a lot of emails. Sometimes it's difficult for us to uh, find time to reply or to read them or to include them in the show. But I want you to know if you have emailed us, if you have contacted us, it does not go ignored. We do spend time on that. We read that and it means a lot to both of us, to Octavius and I. So thank you. Uh, We've been getting a lot of stuff from (laughs) a a friend of ours who's been just kind of keeping us in, in, in the loop on what's going on in, in that person's life. And I appreciate you emailing us. He's an old head from Philadelphia. And I'm glad that, uh, that you keep it up with, keep it up with us, that you're having a conversation with us over email. Um, but in talk back, this segment of the show, it's an opportunity for us to speak to you, our listeners, our friends, our community, and for you to speak to us, to ask us questions, to let us know what you're thinking about, just to share some comments, what you will. Octavius always says, if you want to ask us questions like, should you, should you be in this relationship? Should, should you go to school? Should you go to college or not? Is it a gun? Is it a knife? Is it a wallet? Is it a wallet? This is your life. Exactly. It ain't no secret. <laughs> <laughs> any, look, any of those It questions, ain't no secret. Any of the, was that Mary J. Blige interview weird? Was that was cool? Was she playing music off of an iPad? Is she, easy, easy one to answer. Let me just answer that. Yes. She was playing music. Did off she of that do iPhone. the auntie hand grab? To, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, what's her name? Hillary. Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Did Hillary actually look at her like, "What is going on hmm. in here right now?" Oh, she she is touching me. So that's the four one one. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. all this time we wanted to know. That was it. We still don't have the answer. <laughs> Is it, you know, gun, knife, wallet? Turns out the 411 is Bruce Springsteen, (laughs) as it turns out. As it turns out. Turns out, we still don't know if it's a gun, wallet, or a knife. In our talk back segment, we are effectively taking an opportunity to have a conversation with you, the listener, and we appreciate you tweeting at us and using the hashtag AskCBJ. We're sending us an email. If you want to, you can send that to comicbookjunto at barefruit.com, b 3 ar F-R-U-I-T dot com. And in today... It ain't no secret. <laughs> in today's segment, I have an email. And this email comes to us from J-Tan. And J-Tan, this is, this is perfect. I mentioned this at the top of the show. And this is perfect. You're going you're gonna to experience this right now firsthand. J-Tan says, Dear Octavius and Adam John Bone. There it is. There it is. There you have it. Proof. J-Tan, you write, My word... You are my favorite podcast. I started... Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. Did you give us five stars and a positive <laughs> comment? That's what I need to know. Okay? Put your, put your stars where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. He says, I started episode 21. You guys are so entertaining. 21. 
and production 21 Savage <laughs> and production is so slick. I look forward to your show every week and I hope you do it for a long time. Thank you, man. Shout out to you, man. I've been buying comics since I was 10, but as even the diehard fans are known to do, I've dipped in and out when I lose interest in what's going on in the big two publishers. Right now, I'm back and all in, hugely thanks to you in a way I did not expect. Two years ago, my sister was getting married, and when I first met her husband, we immediately got along. He was such a great guy, but it took a little while to find out what we had in common. He was big in the sports and his religious faith, too. Two things I'm not really about. Quickly, though, we found a giant shared love. Denzel Washington movies. Mm-hmm. Man on fire. Huh? Good movie. But Rome was not built by Denzel alone. This is accurate, because um, I don't think he had anything to do with it. <laughs> so, I'm going to be... That That will be on my tombstone when I go die. Out, go ahead and say that Denzel wasn't a part of that. I would like to get a new tattoo after the kidney thing is done. Uh-huh. Beautiful script. Cursive. Like, old world Rome handwriting. wasn't built by Denzel. <laughs> Rome was not built by Denzel alone. One day, we got on the subject of podcasts, and he let it slip. Have you heard comic book Junto? See, my man right there, he's sharing the word. My man. He told me, he, or I hadn't. He told me that on your recommendation, he bought his first ever comic book, the current series, Black Panther, number one. I'm jealous that's his first. What an intro to the medium. Heavy. My thinking was, I had just read Coates' book, Between the World and Me, and what kind of last comic book nerd would I be if I didn't pick it up? I recently moved to Chicago, and there's no shortage of amazing shops here. To my great pleasure, the neighborhood shop G-Mart had a subscription deal, so I got all the books. What a time to jump back in. The diversity is incredible. There really is something for everyone. Now, here's a twist. My brother-in-law is Back Porch Mike. Oh, yeah. And I'm J-Tan, P90's Pickups. Okay. And you featured both of us on the show multiple times in talkback and from random tweets. Mike from Ask CBJ emails and my tweets on Kurosawa references and Batman's parents die in the movies. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry for the man thing cameo. Spoiler, that still keeps me up at night. <laughs> no, it's okay, man. It's grace for you, man. We feel so much like part of the community. It's really incredible, and it means a lot that you take the effort to include the fans in your show as much as you do. Anyway, my related question is this. How have so many people gone their whole lives without ever buying a comic book? It's such an amazing art combining drawings with prose. It seems crazy to me that it's not more popular. The latest sales numbers show the top seller, DC Rebirth number one, sold 300,000 copies. In comic books, that's a huge number. But for TV and movies, that's tiny. tiny. And normally a comic in the big two is lucky to hit 30,000. The total numbers are creeping up recently, but so are vinyl records. And I don't see those coming back in a big way. What do you think keeps comics niche? Is it the price? How many tens of millions of people saw Suicide Squad, Deadpool, or The Avengers? A movie ticket can be almost 20 bucks. Three books a week at full price is 12. Can we evangelize comic book reading? Do we need door-to-door uniforms? Please let us know what you think. Last thing I'll mention, it's hard to articulate just how much you mean to us. Even though our group lives far away from each other, Back Porch Mike started to chat so a few of us can discuss our pool lists and what we're digging on. Shout out to our third member, Trillmatic. And when I'm in town, we make a trip to the shop together. Not too long ago, Mike said something that brought such joy to my heart. How long, how have we gone this long without comic books? So thank you, CBJ. Thank you for bringing us together with the greatest hobby known to man. Peace, J-Tan. Fantastic email. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a book. 
That was uh, roughly the same length as Alan Moore's new novel, Jerusalem. It was about that. I think that email was actually a little bit longer than Alan Moore's latest book. Jay Tan, that made my day. Good job. That really made my day. It made my face hurt. I was appreciate smiling that. through that. And I appreciate your question because it's something that I ask myself from time to time. The, the question being, the core question that is, why aren't more people in the comics? What is it that makes it so people don't necessarily pick up books, but they will go and see the movie based on the books? And I think it comes down to two things. One, I think there is a lot of preconceived notions about comic books. I bet you there are a lot of people in the world who don't even realize that comic book stores still exist. I think there are a lot of folks who just don't even realize that that's a thing anymore. We buy a lot of stuff online. We do a lot of shopping on the internet. And when you're not looking for something specifically, you don't necessarily trip across it, right? And when you see movies based on these uh, characters, based on these stories, based on these franchises, I think there are a lot of people who assume, well, I mean, Batman is an old character. Spider-Man's an old character. These cats have been along for a long time. It's not like they're basing this on something recent. It's just something that's been around forever. So I, I don't think people really realize that this is even a thing that you can go and seek out necessarily. And then the second part of it is beyond that. Even if you do realize that it exists, I still believe there are many people who associate comics with being just for kids. And there are so many folks who just see a, a floppy book, a few amount of pages, and a price on the front that says $2.99, $3.99, $4.99, and immediately think, that's not for me. That's for a kid. It's Batman. It's for a kid. It's Power Man. That's for a kid. And I think those are the two things that would, like, you either don't know about it or you do, you just don't think it's for you. And it's one of the reasons why I love this show. Octavius, it's one of the reasons why I think our conversations are beneficial because I know there are a lot of people who found us through our one-shot episodes, mm -hmm. reviews of movies that are out. Maybe you just tripped on our name because we did a review for Batman v Superman. Yep. Or Gods of Egypt. <laughs> or that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that we get to have conversations in depth about these things because there is a lot of depth available. And it's, it is there for us to explore. So it's... It's something I'm proud of. And when your brother-in-law shares this information with you and you get to share with him back, like, yo, we're being represented. Black Panther's there. Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing comic books. That's maybe not just for children. There's opportunity for us to be a part of those conversations because we're, we're presented with, with depth, with meaning. Uh, I think we're changing it. I think we're shifting the paradigm a little bit. What do you think? Um, lots of things, but I definitely think that promoters are important. Um, yeah. There's, there's nothing more powerful than someone else's recommendation. Nothing. There's nothing more powerful than someone From somebody else. you trust. Yeah. There's nothing more. Your circle of influence. You know, you, mm -hmm. your voice to your circle of influence is much more powerful than, you know, anything else. You're going to go check out a movie. What is one of the first things you do if you're not a part of the Black Hawk congregation? You look up a review. Look up reviews from people you trust. Yeah. When you're looking at a restaurant, what's one of the first things you do? Mm -hmm. You go on Yelp. You look up reviews. So um, 
actually being a promoter of this stuff is something that we can really do to help out. And that's yeah. why we started Comic Book Junto because we wanted to be able to promote this. The other thing, it's, you know, sharing. Like yeah. actually being able to add value to people's life by showing them like, hey, you know, you debriefing this and talking about it in depth and being able to share the story and like share your feelings and thoughts and opinions and that it's based around a certain particular thing and showing what can happen from that. Like, I think that's what we really have an opportunity to do. So it's really showing the value that this stuff can bring to someone's life. We say it all the time. We will maybe read a comic in solitude, just read it by yourself. And then through the discussion that we have later, unravel a lot of things that we may not have even noticed the first time we read through it. So it's, it's a multiple part process, you know, like reading it by yourself. That's awesome. Consuming it. That's awesome. But I, I love the things that I love. I like to consume that thing and then share it and expand on it and open it up for more possibility and more perspectives. That's where the beauty comes from for me. And I think that's part of the way that we make it. So this industry that people don't even know much about becomes a more widespread, beautiful thing. Yeah. Comic-Con, right? Yeah. You know, like you go to Comic... I bet I'm going to go to Comic-Con on Friday and not at all, not ever will it cross my mind, this is a niche market. Mm. Because look at all these people. Yeah. Dang. Dressed up. Yeah. It's like grown What are you dressing up as, by the way? Octavius A. Newman. (laughs) Oh my God. That's the same thing I'm doing. Really? It's crazy. It's a coincidence. (laughs) You're going to blackface? Well, I didn't say that. (laughs) I didn't say that. I'm just wearing bear fruit shirt. That's okay, all. got it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go as I tell you, it's like Adu and the creative bear fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I think I think Adam honestly like nailed it from everything he said. It's not really much to add to that. I think being a promoter within yourself um, and actually being able to expose people to the value that these stories are are bringing to your own life um, because that's really really important and. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Adam, a lot of times we associate this stuff with youth mm-hmm. and kiddie stuff. But I think that the actual movies are bringing people's attention back to the source material. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of working in a reverse way. I, gar- I guarantee there's a lot more people who are reading comic books now because of the movies. Yeah. And, you know, I, get, I bet they've, that's added a lot of readers and the sales have gone up. In some way, I feel a little responsibility to help people enter into comics by making it as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. So when someone will say to me... When someone says that they're reading comics again because of Comic Book Junto, it's always like success. Yes. Success. Yeah. Because that's... it. You know, I'm going to tell you what a great feeling is. When you have had some food that's really good, part of the... Part of taking someone else there to eat it is selfish. Yeah. Because you get joy out of watching them eat the same thing. Yeah. And getting the same experience. Let's go to my favorite restaurant. And then you eat and you, and you yo, you got to order this. Yeah. And if they don't order it, you're almost kind of upset because it's like, ah, you order it. You got to put this on it. You got to eat it like this because you want them to yeah. have this, this moment. Yeah. But when someone actually has the moment you want them to have, you're like, yes. Because that's fun. Mm -hmm. That is what I think of when I think of geek culture. Yeah. You know, it's not something to be hoarded. It's something to be shared. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. We got a tweet today from someone who says, hey, I want to get in on Luke Cage. What do I read? You know, as as 
someone who is a, a podcast about geek culture and comic books, getting that question could mean a couple of things. There's a certain type of person who is going to say, well, you can go through the beginning of Luke Cage's stories, and this is where you would want to start in continuity, or you want to go at the Luke Cage renaissance when they started doing this, or you want to, and it, it's very complex. There are so many ways to enter in. So my thought process is, what do I love right now? What's a really easy answer? Power Man and Iron Fist by David Walker is dope. And I think that's going to be cool. I think you're going to enjoy that. So I feel this responsibility to help people kind of like open the door and hold it open. This is where you can enter. I like that. And then when you have an opportunity, if you really dig on this, now I'll give you some other things, but let, let me just give you square one. Let me just open the door before anything else gets complicated. And listen, guys, really easy thing. This is something that I do. If you want, if you have Marvel Comics, mm -hmm. truth of the matter is, if you buy comics on a regular basis, after you read that comic, you're probably never going to touch it again. Yeah, yeah. Probably never going to touch that comic book again. They have the digital codes That's right. inside the comics. So a cool way to get somebody in the comics is to say, hey, look, I'll take the digital code, you take my book. Or you say, hey, I'll take the book, I'll give you the digital code. Yeah. That's just a cool way to get somebody involved. Or if you buy the trade, give somebody the trade. Like, if you can, because I, mean, I know money is not, you know, growing on trees. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's cool to be able to actually, like, invest in someone. Yeah. And be able to go, here's so-and-so number one. I was sitting with a with a buddy today. Cage came out. And we were talking about Luke Cage. And he's like, man... I'm thinking about reading, you know, reading some comics again. I, yeah. might, I might try to read Luke Cage. I was like, I handed him Luke Cage. It said, read it. Yeah. He wasn't going to ask me for it. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't going to go, can I read that? Yeah. I handed it to him. Here, read this, mm -hmm. you know? So little things like that help out. Mm -hmm. You know, try to get a grasp of what kind of movies do you like? Mm -hmm. What kind of stories do you like? What kind of characters do you like? Yeah. And then hand somebody something. Share what you've got. Yeah. Because... These things ain't going to be worth no money. What? Man, I don't know if you've seen some of my Man Thing comics. Those things are going to be priceless. Right. And that's it for our uh, talkback segment <laughs> this week. <laughs> Jay Tan, you're the man. And uh, your brother-in-law telling you about our show and get you in on this. And Traumatic. And that's a great name, by the way. Traumatic. Not Traumatic. Trill, not Traumatic. Trillmatic. Trill magic. Not Trill Magic. Trim Matik. Not quite. I got this. All right. Go I got it. this. Go Joe Manganiello. <laughs> Look, the point is, is uh, you guys gathering around each other and comics and us being a part of that. That is very dope. Honored. So uh, thank you for writing into us. I appreciate you very much. And uh, I hope, I hope, I hope maybe that answer from, from both Octavius and I helped a little bit and gave you an opportunity to contribute and share with a lot of other people. My buddy Kenny on Twitter every Wednesday shares his pull list. Yeah. That's a cool way to get people in. Hashtag share your pull list. Hashtag share your pull list. So that's another cool way to get your friends on Twitter involved too. Yeah. Just share what you're reading. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm reading this. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. All right. So if you want to submit a question to our, our talkback segment, you can use hashtag AskCBJ on Twitter to submit questions, or you can also send an email to uh, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. Mm -hmm. That is B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. And we could read your question on the show, 
answer that question. It's all a possibility. That is but correct. But won't happen if you don't submit anything. That is correct. Another way that you can get in contact with us to let us know what you think of the show and possibly ask us a question is through iTunes, leaving us five stars and a positive comment, or through SoundCloud, where you can actually leave comments on the show as well. I was reading through some comments from recent episodes. Man, that... <laughs> That is the best. I yeah. really like listening to the show and then seeing notes at certain time slots. You can literally like, leave what? notes on the show. Why would you say, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I disagree with you, but okay. You know, yeah. like, just having yeah. that little dialogue, that asynchronous dialogue, that is very cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Now, time to get into the books of the week. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to go into Inside of the Brown Bag. Um, happy brown bag day. Happy brown bag day to you as well. Mm-hmm. And, I'm looking uh, at my pull list. Let's a, talk about our pull list and let's get to our books of the week. What do you have for your pull list? You got a lot in your hands right now. All right. I have a bunch of bags and boards with no comics in them. Oh, so let me just separate those. So first I have moonshine. Yes. Number one. Yo, look at that cover. I got a different cover. Yeah, I got Frank. I got the Frank Miller cover. Oh man, I'm messing up. Death of X number one Mm -hmm. of four. Chuck, see what's going on with that. Um, I got Batman number eight. Now this is part four of Night of the Monster Men. Yeah. So this goes through Batman, Nightwing, and Detective Detective Comics. Comics. So I think that yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I got yeah. 12 Reasons to Die starring yes. Ghostface Killer. Yes. Cool. Okay, real quick aside, little story. I picked up 12 Reasons to Die, the album, when that came out a few years ago. And then I picked up a signed copy of that comic book signed by Tony Starks himself. Ghostface Killer. And that signed copy of the comic book gave me a free ticket to see Ghostface perform in West Philly at the Blockley. You ever go to the Blockley? I believe so. I went to the Blockley to see him. It was the first time I ever saw Chill Moody. I saw Adrian Young perform because Adrian Young produced that whole album. Uh, it, It was great. And what the crazy thing was, I was supposed to get a free ticket to this concert because I bought this signed comic, okay? Because there's some deal between Brave New Worlds and the Blockley. I walk up scrawny white dude at the Blockley standing outside the box office. And I said, Hey, my name should be on the list. It's it's, uh, Adam John bone Tetris. How'd that go for you? And they're like, why would it be on the list? And I said, well, I bought, Oh God, I got to explain this now. I I should have a ticket to the show. And he goes, why would you have a ticket to the show? I don't have your name on the list. Mm -hmm. And I said, I bought a comic book (laughs) and they said I could be here for free. And this guy was so perplexed. The man in the box office was so perplexed mm. as to how that thing should lead to this yeah, how thing. How do we get from here to there? And I was like, I promise you, who do I need to talk to? So they had me talk to the GM. They had me talk to somebody who was doing their promotions. And as it turns out, they were running this promotion with Brave New Worlds and didn't even relay it back to the Blockly. <laughs> so ends up getting to the show. It was amazing. It was really cool. The guy who did this score for Luke Cage, Adrian Young, along with Ali Shahid. Um, I got to see Adrian Young, and it was really cool. Anyway, comic books will get you places. That's what I'm saying. There it is. The Junto will take you there. That's the moral of the story. Uh Uh-huh. Black, chapter one. Yeah. Uh, The Walking Dead 159, which is part three of six of The Whisper War. Mm -hmm. Um, Cage, number one, and Books of the Week, Champions, number one, Jessica Jones, number one. Yeah. 
I uh, I picked up Batman number eight. I picked up Black, like you said, and that is uh, you said that was based on a Kickstarter. There's a Kickstarter that was uh, putting that together. That's pretty cool. And if you don't know, the premise of Black is is summed up like this: in a world that already fears and hates them, what if only black people had superpowers? I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I picked up Cage number one, Champions, one of our books of the week. Jessica Jones, another book of the week. I did pick up Moonshine number one because I'm eager for uh, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo. And Paper Girls, 10. And also, shout out to the homies at Brave New Worlds for giving me a couple of Man-Thing books. And look, one of these is so torn up and it's got me distraught. But another Adam, one... Adam, don't... don't I'm don't, just saying... Don't this, do this. This other one, Adventure into Fear, number 12... I'm I'm really stoked on because this is a man thing attempting to protect a black man from being murdered by a police officer. That was in 1973. Say from back in the 70s. 1973. So maybe you could read this, Tim Burton. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So let's let's start with champions. Yeah. All right. So champions number one. Oh, spoiler alert. We're going to get into discussing this. When we get into the book of the week, we're going to talk about details of the plot. If you have not read Champions number one, we encourage you to go and pick it up if you want to follow along with this segment, as we are going to spoil a lot of things. So, three, two, one. It's your fault. Spoilers. Champions number one. Because the world still needs heroes. Mm -hmm. All right. So, gut reactions on this, Adam. Champions is new to me. I, I didn't know much about this apart from the solicitations for Marvel, the, the promotional material. It's a brand new team, and it is a young squad of heroes. On the cover, we got Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, Nova, Viv, the Vision's daughter, Miles Morales, Amadeus Cho, the Hulk, and Cyclops. I love this book. I thought it was really surprising. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely zero expectations because I didn't know it to... I didn't know anything about it either. But what I do know is Mark Wade is writing it. Uh, Umberto Ramos is the illustrator. It looks good. It reads well. It was way more exciting and necessary than I even knew I needed. Yeah, we had, we had something else planned for Books of the Week. And after I read this, I said, this. Swap it up. Let, let's do this one. Mm -hmm. um, so... One of the first things we see in the beginning of the book is the Avengers kind of uh, having a... Well, we see Kamala Khan having a conversation with some of her family. They're eating food together. And you know. and they also... They notice that she has a lot more time to spend with them. Yeah. Hey, Kamala, you've been around more often. What's up with that? And meanwhile, we see the Miss Marvel outfit crumpled in her closet. Like, not being like used. she ain't worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we see a situation where the Avengers went up against the Wrecking Crew and... Even though the Avengers got the job done, there was a whole bunch of damage that took place to the mm -hmm. people around them, you know? And Miss Marvel got very upset because they were like, look, we need to clean this up. This is where these people work. You know, there's this like food truck that got destroyed. And I think Sam Wilson was saying, hey, you know, we really don't have time to do this right now. It's also, he, he seemed to suggest it's more complicated because he was saying, look, unions need to be involved and none of us is an engineer. It's not like Tony Stark is here to help us. So what do you expect us to do? Kamala Khan is the youngest member in this group right now. And she seems to be pretty upset that the idea is stop the danger, but then do nothing to fix the damage. Very interesting. Very interesting. Stop the danger, but do nothing to fix the damage. Yeah. 
like I can see the parallel into real life with that. Yeah. You know how that can be an issue. Like there's a, there's a concern that needs to be dealt with, but the aftermath, you know, then it's just on you guys or with the aftermath, we're not actually involved in what happens in the aftermath. We're just here to stop, yeah. stop what's actually going on. Not so, necessarily talking about why it's going on in the first place. So Kamala Khan quits the team. She's on the Avengers and she quits the Avengers. And as we find out in the next few panels, she was not the first person to quit the Avengers. Not that long ago, Nova and Spider-Man, Sam Alexander and Miles Morales, both of them also on the Avengers, both of them also quit. Mm -hmm. So now we got very, three younger members who have left. Yeah. Very interesting piece that they uh, say, um, like there's a, there's a kind of a flashback where Kamala is with the Avengers and she's saying, don't go. And Nova says, this is not what I signed up for. What we signed up for, I'm done being ordered to punch people I like. And so is Spidey. So it seems like the civil war two situation has got these, these young guns, kind of unnerved. Mm -hmm. they, they don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And I understand. I certainly understand. They just joined the force. They just became superheroes. And suddenly the, the operative is Tony, I'm Tony Stark or I'm Captain Marvel. I'm your team leader. You must do what I say. Yeah. That's gotta be rough. Yeah. That's gotta be rough. Yeah. And it seems like these guys are now trying to come together and put their own team together and say, look, man, you know, maybe we can do this our own way. We can get out there. We work well together and we can try to make something happen. And there's some resistance and reluctance initially, but eventually they all kind of agree. Yeah. And they decide they want to try to expand by, you know, getting some other people involved. So they go grab the totally awesome Hulk who is, spoilers, Amadeus Cho. That's right. Yeah. And this issue, if, if it weren't obvious by this point in time, this issue is the collection of the team. This is like the part where Frodo creates the fellowship of the ring and finds the people who are going to be part of the team. So we have Nova, Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, and they go and they find the Hulk and they help the Hulk rescue some miners from a collapsed mine. Yeah. And then following that, they say, hey, you know what? Let's rebuild the mine. Yeah. We're going to do things differently. Mm -hmm. It's fun to see them work together too with uh, Spidey whipping around and, and using his webs to, to keep rocks from falling and with Nova using his, his, what do they call it? Like human rocket. Yeah. He's pretty much a human rocket. Like blast people around. And then yeah. uh, Amadeus Cho, who apparently as the Hulk can just do whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, hold up whatever, smash whatever. But he can pretty much turn it on and off as yeah. he sees fit. Mm -hmm. um, because, and also a cool thing is they fly around in a meat wagon food truck. <laughs> yeah. So there's food in it all the time. But yeah. at the same time, it's inconspicuous besides the fact that it flies. Yeah. Very funny. That's Amadeus's sister who is basically his his ops team. That's his... Uh, uh, what's, what's the name of Nighthawk's person who like backs him up name. in the field? I forget her name. Yeah, so it's it's the person who's looking out for him and giving him real-time data, and their, their like, secret, I guess, uh, vehicle is a food truck. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and then they go, and they also decide they're going to pick up um, Viv, Mm -hmm. So they go over to Vision's crib and, you know, they have some funny interactions there. But ultimately they say, look, you know, like, come get it popping with us. Join the squad um, because Viv can basically be connected to the Internet and doing something at the same time. So she knows exactly what's going on yeah. with everything. So um, 
Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel says, hey, look, show us who probably needs our help the most. And Viv zooms in on what looks like some young underage girls who are being like, uh, what's the best, what's the word for this? It looks like they're kidnapped. Being kidnapped, being potentially sold as, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. as sex slaves. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like in in no small way, it's it's what we're seeing in the illustration is that they are young, pretty women. Their faces painted to look like clowns, and they're in their underwear. So they're being sold, right? Human trafficking. Yeah. So we meet our villain after Kamala's like, "Look, find them because we're about to go do something." They're in the Baltimore shipyards, and the um, the Baltimore villain- shipyards. The Wire, season two. So they're out there with The Wire in season two. I think this might... It was the same thing, too. So this is what it was all about, The Wire? In The Wire season two, there was human trafficking taking place. You remember that? Wasn't that also what happened with Daredevil season one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Just, hey, want to find out what happens next? Watch Daredevil. So the the bad guy is Pagliacci. The villain that we're introduced to is Pagliacci, a clown, evil clown, which is so fitting, apparently, because there are evil clown sightings all over the place right now. What the hell is happening in 2016? How is it that I can pick up a newspaper and legitimately read about clown sightings? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. What if a clown shows up looking at us? I don't like I'm it. I'm going to tell you something right now. Hold on. I'm just going to just take a pause here. If any, Let me tell you right now. No. <laughs> if anybody run up on me uh, or anybody I'm with, especially my wife, uh-huh. playing that clown mess, you better be ready to die. <laughs> Oh, no. You better be ready to die. I am not playing with you. That is not a prank Don't that is going to go over. Don't come running no. at me with no knife, with no bat, playing no game. Yeah. Like, now, if you see a clown, just, nope, just get up out of there. Mm-hmm. Go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. But if you start coming at me dressed up like a clown, I'm giving you everything I got. Mm-hmm. Unloading. Now, did you notice the name of this villain is Pagliacci? You told me. You pointed that out. Now, Pagliacci is Italian for clown or clowns and Pagliacci is mentioned in Watchmen in uh, in Watchmen in the form of Rorschach telling a joke. Rorschach says heard a joke once. Guy goes in to see a doctor. He says, doctor, I'm so depressed. The world is so cruel. The world is so horrible. I'm so sad. What do I do? And the doctor says, hey, look there's this town or there's, there's this performer in town a clown, famous clown. His name is Pagliacci. He'll make you feel better. Go and see him tonight. And then the man starts bursting into tears and he says, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. And so when I saw that name, I thought, I wonder if this is a send up to Rorschach and the Watchmen, or are we just using the name Pagliacci? Because there is also an opera that has to do with, with Pagliacci. Eh, who knows? I thought that was maybe an Easter egg. Could be. Either way, this is one bad dude, and he is clearly... Talking awful. To, yeah, he's clearly also in connection with somebody else who's like his, either he who he's selling these people these these people to, or working for one of the two. I'm not sure which one. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing this uh, invisible silhouette person at some point in time. Yeah. So all the crew shows up, of course, guns blazing, Hulk smashing, you know, Spider Man thwipping, all kinds of awesome f- fight scenes. Really fun. Stuff. Very it, fun. The action works well because we get to see the way they complement one another one another the yeah. powers yeah so they all work together and they save everybody except one person mm-hmm. because what turns up happening is um the one of the people inside passed away before they were able to save everybody that's right um and 
all of the people like Miss Marvel, Spider-Man, Nova, and Hulk are absolutely furious. Mm-hmm. And Hulk starts snapping. Like he takes Pagliacci, throws him into a brick wall, and like throws his fist back, and we start seeing cameras come out. World star. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I mean in, in like they were hearing comments like, yeah, get him. Guys like that don't deserve to breathe air. He's sick. Make him pay. He killed the girl, little girl. Finish him. These are civilians like, who are surrounding random, the scene. Yeah, random people are yelling this, and Hulk's about to do it. He's about to kill him. Yeah. But then Miss Marvel wraps her hands around him and says, no, it's not our job. Yeah. She gives a very interesting speech that really made me go, okay, this is a book that we might want to spend our time on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because all these phones come out and they're filming this. Yeah. They're filming what's going on and they're, they're seeing what's going on. Um, so this is what she says. Look, I'm not going to give a speech about what heroes do or are supposed to do or judges and juries or anything old school like that. I, want, I need to watch the sick lowlife be punished as much as you do, but not by Hulk. We see it all around us more and more every day. People with power punching down, taking lives when they don't have to, meeting unarmed perps, eat, uh, meeting unarmed perps, even unarmed kids with lethal firepower. That's the world we're inheriting, where violence does all the talking. But we can be better than that. We have to start enforcing justice without unjust force. What happened here today was sickening and stuff as bad, worse happens every day in the world. The strong abuse the weak. Who who have to worry more? Who have to worry more all the time about who they can trust and who they can? You want to change? You want that to change? Us too. We're in a war for a better tomorrow. Join us. Help us take the easy. Take us. <laughs> help us not take the easy road. And I promise we'll fight every fight. They can throw at us. Help us win the hard way, the right way, not with hate, not with retribution, but with wisdom and hope. Help us become champions. Now, I read those pages and I was like, what am I reading right now? And the backup imagery is important to me because as that speech is taking place on the pages, in the panel, what I'm seeing is the new Falcon, the new Iron Man or Iron Heart, Riri. I'm seeing the new Wasp. I'm seeing Moon Girl. I mean, I'm seeing representation of Mm -hmm. next generation. Mm -hmm. These are the new heroes. This is the weight upon them. This is the fight that they are fighting. And I love the way that because these are young heroes, they're all on their smartphones. Social media is at play. People were filming this whole thing with Pagliacci. Mm -hmm. And they they film Kamala Khan making this, this speech, this oath, this declaration, and start tweeting about it and using hashtags and grabbing on the things. And as it turns out, their name, Champions, comes from her talk, from her speaking. And then people start using the hashtag, hashtag Champions. Are you seeing this? Champions. I believe in the Champions. How can we help? Hashtag Champions. It, it felt like it was in the world now. Yeah. This yeah. is something that we might be able to observe. And the end of this issue is the team, the current team anyway, looking at their smartphones going, well, <laughs> it looks like we just started something. How about that? So I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. I didn't know what to come from this. I'm curious, 
We see on the cover of this book, the Cyclops, teen Cyclops, is going to be on the team. So I'm, I'm curious how he comes into play. Apparently that's in the next issue as we see Nova, for some reason, clocking him. Yeah. So I'd love to see how that happens. But something you noted is just about all of the members of this team are mixed race or uh, different multiple backgrounds, I should say. Amadeus Cho is Korean. We have Miles Morales. We know he's black. He's Puerto Rican. Sam Alexander, I believe he's Latino. Uh, Viv is her own thing and might be a stand-in for something that is kind of like, you know, difficult to define. This is Viv. She's not actually even a human. She's a robot. She's AI. Kamala Khan is a Muslim. You know, I think that's really significant to see a team working together, young people believing that they can do things in a different way. We have some of that diversity in the Avengers, but maybe they don't talk about it as much. But I like the fact that this is the youth, and I like the fact that these are a lot of the characters that we already know yeah. that have been, you know, brought in with a new generation. Yeah. You know, Vision is an older character, but we have a new generation Spider Man, mm-hmm. Nova, Hulk, Miss Marvel. All of those are the new generation. This is all the new now, generation. Now, we don't, we don't know what role Cyclops plays in it, but even still. Even him, he is the younger version of someone who exists. Yeah. So again, he is somebody who actually has this really rare opportunity to do something again, a second chance, because this is the younger version in a different time. And he sees the older version of himself, and it seems to me he doesn't want to make the same mistakes. I like this. I like that. I like that. So that's Champions number one. All right. So now on to Jessica Jones number one. Yeah, our second book of the week this time is Jessica Jones. Now, Jessica Jones has become a little more popular lately because of the Marvel Netflix TV show. That TV show was based on the comic book by Brian Bendis and Michael Gatos. That was called Alias originally. And Jessica Jones is back in her own book. And I'm excited about this one because this is visiting a character that I did not know very well until recently, but now I'm spending a lot of time with in the form of Power Man and Iron Fist because Luke Cage and Jessica Jones at some point in time, after some of their adventures, settled down. Mm -hmm. They fell in love, they got married, and they had a kid. Now where we're picking up here, it seems like something went wrong. Something went down. Yeah. We don't know what exactly it is, but all we know is that Jessica Jones is getting let out of some sort of confinement. Yeah, she was, she was being held and she is being released. And uh, apparently the expectation was someone was going to come and pick her up and take her out of this, this cell. What, what do they call it? Um, uh, the, the cellar is the name of the place where she's being held. Someone's going to come pick her up, but I guess nobody came and picked her up. So she's jumping, free falling out of this what is that? I guess it's like a floating helicarrier prison. It looks like, prison. I, mean, I can't really tell what it is. I think it's kind of like a helicarrier prison or something. Something like that. But she's falling, 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 splashes down into water in New York, and she begins trying to relive her life. She's free. She goes back to her office because she's a private investigator. She goes back to the alias investigative office. And first thing that happens is she noticed she's got a lot of phone calls. She's voice, been away for a lot a of voicemails, old school voicemail machine. Yeah. People leaving her voicemails. And second thing is our friend Misty Knight pays a visit. Rolls up and they're, they're not happy to see each other. 
Now, what's happening in this book is we're getting plunged into the middle of a story without knowing how we got here. Am I supposed to know how we got here already? I don't think so. And I think part of what this story will be is figuring out what came before. How did we get here? Misty Knight, she she slams her way into the office and first thing out of her mouth, where's the baby? Now, first thing out of my mouth is like, they must be talking about her baby with Luke Cage. That's what I assumed too. But it would be easy to say, what baby? What, who, what do you mean, what baby? Who's, where, where would a baby if, be? If you don't know the, a little bit of the backstory here, or yeah. if you're not reading Power Man and Iron Fist. That's right. So I don't know where this falls in line in, the, in, in terms of the storyline with Power Man and Iron Fist that we also read as books of the week. Maybe this is totally separate. Maybe this is way after. Maybe this is way before. And it remains to be seen, but we're being thrust into the action really quickly. And speaking of Jessica Jones and Misty Nice, they they have little fisticuffs. Now it's interesting because you know Misty Knight tries to pretty much knock her out, mm-hmm. and Jessica Jones catches the punch. So two things happen: one, Jessica Jones catches the punch, and in her brain she's like, "Ow!" You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now. At the same time, Misty Knight goes, I didn't know you were that strong. So I guess it's like, have they never fought before or are they not really that, they don't know each other that well? Yeah. Because you'd figure it's kind of similar to the moment where, you know, spoilers, three, two, one, it's your fault, spoilers for Captain America Civil War, Winter Soldier goes to punch Spider-Man and he catches the punch. Yeah. And kind of like, oh man, cool. And they're like, whoa, it kind of establishes their strength. Yeah. How strong... Total sidebar. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see how Spider-Man's strength plays out because that clarifies how strong Spider-Man is. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, absolutely. Because we've seen Winter Soldier knock people through walls. Yeah. And, for, like, have you ever... and he couldn't punch his kid. Yeah. This, I think the panel in which uh, Jessica Jones catches Misty's fist is important because I think this sort of crystallizes something that is internal to Jessica Jones. When Misty Knight says, I didn't know you were that strong. Jessica says, no one ever does. And I think that's part of Jessica Jones story. People look at her and they don't expect much. People find out about her and her broken past and the things she's gotten into, and they don't expect much. But Jessica Jones, through some means, through some strength, perseveres. And she throws Misty Knight out of the office, and they shout at each other a little more. So already, you know, we just got pumped into this story. And Jessica sits through a few voicemails. She finds someone who's calling and saying, hey, I need you to take this case. Can you help me out? And immediately she thinks, oh, God, money, a job. I can get back to normal. Right. Right. And she dives in to take this case. Now, this case is a very interesting one. Yo. So I'm reading so, so reading, and I'm like, okay, what? Let's kind of like try to crystallize this. Mm-hmm. Basically, wife married to her husband for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Husband shows up one day after work and goes, I was married to somebody completely different. I have kids or something. I have a whole completely different life. And I have no clue who you are or what I'm doing here. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. This is, it, it reminds me so much of uh, the song by the Talking Heads, uh, Once in a Lifetime, where he says, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. Like suddenly this dude wakes up and says, no, 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 no. All of this is wrong. I don't know who you are. 
I was married to someone named Gwen. We have a kid. What is going on? He also says Peter Parker is a liar. Now, as this wife is explaining this to Jessica Jones, she's like, he sounds crazy. He I sound like, crazy. Yeah. I Everything sounds crazy, but he's, I started looking into it and on her like iPad or whatever she's showing, it says the ultimate controversy. It's like, she knows about secret wars mm-hmm. and in secret wars, the most recent secret wars, the Jonathan Hickman storyline that we have covered in comic book Junto. Um, what we know is a bunch of alternate universes smash into one another. The fantastic four decide to stay back and kind of as the creators of new worlds and everything kind of reset. And my understanding was only one person knew about all of that. And it was black Panther. He was the only person who knew any of that stuff happened and everybody else just kind of woke up. And then we've seen, we've read Old Man Logan as comic book, uh, uh, comic book of the week in which Logan wakes up and says, where the hell am I? I have to stop the apocalypse from coming. I saw all of these things. I lived through all of these things. And he doesn't realize that he's not from another timeline. He's from another universe, a whole different dimension. So this wife, she's married to someone who woke up and was just delivered from a different dimension. Same way that old man Logan was. How about that? But how does that work? I don't know how that she's works. she's saying that she's been married for 11 years. Yeah. And he's saying, I don't know you. That's right. So somebody right, somebody wrong. But she got like an iPad and it says the ultimate conspiracy. There's a picture of a Galactus on it. There's all kinds of things going on. So that's interesting to me. That's like some really... Yeah, I'm used to Jessica Jones dealing with some hard-boiled kind of city city version of of bad stuff like help me take care of this bad dude this Mm -hmm. mob boss this Mm kind of thing you know these terrestrial things how is she going to take on a case having to do with the truth of reality like i don't know i mean i'm into it because it makes sense because her job is to go find out the find the information yeah so um that's pretty much what she's doing and then you know she says, this is the, what the wife says, gods and humans, Thors, Hulks, everyone crashing into each other. Those were the incursions. Dr. Dooms. God Doom. Where are the Fantastic Four? They're the creators now. No one even talks about them anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of like, wait, how does she know so much? It's is anybody interesting. even supposed to know these things? That's right. Yeah. Or is she from another planet? Maybe she is. I like the fact that I don't know all the answers to these questions. Yeah. See, like it, it feels like a mystery. Like, this is an interesting mystery because I can't answer these questions. Here's and what, it, it really reignites my interest in this since we were reading Secret Wars. Is it not possible that my husband is sane and the world is crazy? Mm. Don't know what any of this means, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm into it. So she says, look, here goes the check. Go ahead and, uh, you know. Handle this. She she cuts the meetings short. Jessica Jones notices out of the corner of her eye someone scaling a building, and she's like, uh, "Something came up. I'll email you. Send me the money later. I'll take the case." But the thing that she notices is uh, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, who is scaling this building and seeming to like spy on Jessica Jones. And again, we are coming back to the same thing Misty Knight was delivering, which was. Where's the baby? 
I'm like, what? Right. What are we talking about here? What is happening? This reminded me a little bit of Memento. You ever see that movie? I have. Don't don't, don't say anything else. I'm not going to say anything else, but that idea of somebody waking up and being like, don't say anything The hell is going on. That's it. That's it. The hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So we see that she finally tracks the guy down. She's taking some photos, you know, and um, in the process of taking some photos and kind of talking to herself and asking herself some questions. Somebody walks up to the window. And who might this be? Luke Cage. Power Man himself, Jessica Jones' husband. Former husband? Estranged? What's going on between them? All I know is he says, where's our daughter? Yeah. To and pri- continued. Yeah, prior to that, he says, hi, honey. Where's our daughter? I think that hi, honey, is 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 dripping in something. That's like, uh, you and I are not on good terms. Where is our daughter? What is happening in this book? I'm curious if this is an old man Logan kind of situation. That's what it's feeling like. Where Jessica Jones just joined this dimension, this reality from somewhere else Mm -hmm. and something else is happening and maybe she's not even aware. So perhaps the mystery that she's going to be solving for this woman is a mystery that's going to help her understand where the hell she is. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. The artwork is uh, just like the the original Jessica Jones, the original Alias series. Is it the same illustrator? Yeah, Michael Gatos. And I, I like it a lot. It's very different. This is a very clear departure from, let's say, what we just read, Champions, which is very brightly colored. Umberto Ramos draws people in these really um, outrageous proportions. Every woman in Umberto Ramos's books is like the hottest girl on the planet. It's a thing that he does. Every, every guy is super jacked. Every kid is very skinny and gangly. And Jessica Jones gives us a really different look at the Marvel universe. And I appreciate it for that. It's a very different tone. It's a very different flavor. I'm, I'm interested. I have absolutely no idea where we're going here. And I'm coming out of this with more questions than anything else, but y'all okay with that. I want to know. I want to know what's going down. Yeah, I want to know what happens next. And did you happen to notice the preview for case number two, Jessica Jones issue two? Mm-hmm. You happen to notice the color that's used? Purple. So I wonder if we're going to see some oh. purple man. Mm. Yeah, I'm very curious if we're going to get Kilgrave up in here. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's I'm sticking with it. Let's see what happens. Sticking with it. All right. Let's talk about next week. Let's. Uh, next week, we got a lot of things. Well, let's talk about how next week works. Uh, Black Panther, number seven. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Mm-hmm. Kill or Be Killed, number three. Yep. That's important. It is. Mosaic, number one. Yep. Power Man Iron Fist, number nine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Black Panther, I feel like that's mandatory. Yeah. Kill or Be Killed, I feel like that's mandatory. Mm-hmm. And Batman and Iron Fist is definitely mandatory. Sure. And I do. I am very interested in checking out Mosaic because here we have a uh, uh, a new character, someone that clearly Marvel is is touting right now with the whole Marvel Now thing. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to check that out. At least give that a few issues. So maybe we have a lot of books of the week. But the thing is, Octavius... Shin Godzilla comes out next week. That's right. On on Tuesday. On Tuesday. And Brown Bag Day is Wednesday. That's right. So I don't know about you, but I think things might be a little different. Maybe. Timing might be a little different. Maybe. Or you might hear Adam John Bone and Octavius A. Newman. And maybe we sound a little sleepy. Could be. We're going to figure some things out and we're going to try to keep you in the loop. 
But y'all, I will be six ounces lighter and I will be tripping on something. <laughs> so whatever my deep analysis is of Black Panther 7. The, psychology, the, yeah. the philosophy of geek culture will be a little different on October 12th. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, what so, we do have coming ahead of time, though, is we're going to do a Luke Cage episode. And we're hoping to get some material while, while we are at Comic-Con together. So we, we have that at least to look forward to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So follow us on Twitter. Follow us uh, there and we will give you more information about what to expect moving forward. Because truth be told, we really don't know. Nope. Really don't know. So we're not going to sit here and make any promises to you. But know that the book's week for next week, let's just say for now, because this is where we all gather every week, is going to be, we're going to call it three of them. Black Panther number seven, Killer Be Killed number three, and Power Man and Iron Fist number nine. Cool. So that's what it's going to be. And... Um, you can follow us on the social medias and keep up with us there and we'll give you more information. Yeah. Where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram using the same name at Adam Teterus, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. I'm using A-Tet on Twitter now. So I got I to gotta throw it up for Simba Sparks for that name. I'm no longer 21 Moon Knight. Gone is iOS 10 bands. I'll just wait until a new album drops to do another portmanteau, I guess. All right. How about you? Where we find you? Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. That's all the same thing on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, all over the internets. I'm the same thing. Um, also, if you want to tweet at the show, you can use comic book junto, J-U-N-T-O, at comic book junto, mm -hmm. hashtag comic book junto. You can always submit your questions using hashtag ask CBJ or comic book junto at barefruit.com. You can send emails there. Also remember, official comic book junto merch is up on our T public site. That's T public forward slash user forward slash comic book junto, J-U-N-T-O. It's lit. It is lit indeed. Mm -hmm. Um, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Leave us five stars and a positive comment. We really do appreciate that. Please do do that. We really want you to do that so that we can continue to be up higher on the iTunes ranking so that people can discover us and we can share the Junto with other people. Also, if you're listening on SoundCloud, please leave us comments as you're listening. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what your thoughts are. Follow us on SoundCloud. Also, share this with someone else who could appreciate it. You can find us on Google Play, on, like I said, SoundCloud, iTunes, Overcast, anywhere where fine podcasts are found, mm -hmm. we should be there. Anything else you got? While this transplant is going down, next week, on Tuesday, October 11th, I have to say, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate your love and your support and all of your generosity, your words, your contributions, anything that you have shown us that is even vaguely resembling uh, consideration and, and, and affection that means the world to me. So thank you. And we, we will do everything we can to be spry and, and Ben Affleck charismatic <laughs> as quickly as possible. Yeah. Back on the mic discussing how much I'm going to get for this adventure into fear. Number 12 man thing. I need to get into some of the pricing, the value mm. of this comic book. Yeah. So, you know, I'm excited to have that conversation soon at a, at a later date at a later date mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right so please i covered your prayers for adam and i as we get ready to go do the surgery 
Uh, we appreciate everybody who has said positive things, sent emails, tweets, and all that kind of stuff, text messages. We love you guys. We really appreciate you guys' support. We appreciate you guys listening. We thank you guys for showing up every week. We love y'all. Until next time, peace. Uh, uh, uh.